Welcome back once again to Say What Nee's Saying. This is the legendary dynamic duo of Zach and Brandon. And right now, we're coming off of the Senate now officially being split down the middle with Kamala Harris, uh, VP, swinging the vote, making the Senate essentially Democratic-led. That being said, voting has almost taken a new cultural impact that's almost starting to move and push the tide to more quote-unquote liberal, quote-unquote more progressive ideals that are pushing within the nation that we have. In my eyes, everything that comes good, there's, you know, as much, like, like, for example, water was able to go in the stock market, but Flint right now is still suffering from their pipes and their waters, which is on the level of being poisonous. And that, in my head, is also the realm of voting. So if we look at places like Chicago, where you think of Chirac, you think of the the, the murder rates, you think of any hip-hop song that mentions it, that all comes from people in those cities but then you think those individuals, those young, those young individuals are also pr- uh, prompted to vote. But what has the voting done? What has the voting led to or has it reduced anything? To expand upon this topic, we have someone We have someone here, Parker's Porn Politics, to discuss this as a, as a Chicago native, as someone who's in with the population, to kind of bounce the ideas off of it. And what is really voting in our eyes? Welcome to Say What Needs Saying. Okay, thank you, thank you. I go by Nathan Prolific. Like you said, I got my own podcast. Parker's Porn Politics, it's a wordplay thing. I really don't get too much into politics, but I appreciate them having me being involved in it, you know, but just to clear it up for the name, the uh, politic thing, that's like a slang in Chicago. That's the same term mm-hmm. as talking. So, you know, just to clear that up, but I'm going to give as much detail and get, give as much feedback as I can involved in the topic and everything. So let's get to it. Well, not even, and I, I appreciate that, not even just politics as a whole, because granted, mm-hmm. I, I know politics is more just a conversational term, saying what needs to be said in effort, you know, in essence. Exactly, exactly. Where do you stand or where do you think your, your population stands when it comes to, to voting? Um, With me, I'm, in like, I'm located right now in Indiana, but I still got a lot of heavy ties to Chicago because I'm right down the border. Majority of the people that are around my age, and just to give a little bit of detail, I'm 27. So I say from about 20 to 25 is 27, maybe 20 to 30 for the urban black community where I'm located at. We don't take voting serious. Like uh, I know a lot of people I talk to, they don't really too much care about it. And that's because a lot of people I'm around are in the inner city. So the more impoverished areas and we hear a lot of promises. And then when Democrats get voted, because that's what the black vote usually tends to is Democrats a lot of things don't change or happen. So for us, it's kind of like a joke. You know, it's a lot of promises. Everybody said they're going to do this, they're going to do that. Then surprise, we get voted in and get elected and nothing really changes. So for us, I know we don't really take it serious. I think the only time, which is sad to say, the last time I voted was with Barack Obama. And I can say that. I need to get out of that and start voting again when new elections come. But the last time was with Barack Obama once again. That was because we get pushed in our head, vote Democrat. And another reason was because just solely because he was African-American descent as well as myself. So I don't think that we take it serious because even when we do pay attention to the things that they say they're going to change involving like the, you know, the laws or the, on the state standpoint from the United States as a whole or whatever, it doesn't seem that it all, it, it just be broken promises, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they say a lot of stuff to get our vote. And then once it happened, nothing changed in the area we in. I mean, I think you're hundred percent right. Coming from Brooklyn. I mean, you see it all. I mean, seeing, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Hillary Clinton do the nay nay on Ellen. I get exactly. it. Like, I, I, you don't never need to do that, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
What was yeah. that? Yeah, well, so first, thanks for joining us, Nate. Uh, happy to have you on the podcast. Well, but, I appreciate y'all having you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you mentioned uh, Democrats, you know, making promises and and not keeping them. Do you mind? I mean, feel free not to answer if you don't want. But do you mind asking um, how you identify politically? Like, do you identify more as a Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, whatever? <sighs> Man, um, I'm still because I want to get. I don't want to come on here and be ignorant and not know a lot. But like I said, we talked earlier. Well, I think yesterday a little bit, mm-hmm. and some of majority of the ideas of Republicans I agree with compared to Democrats. And when I had that conversation, people are like, man, how is that? I plan on being in a different standpoint and I'm already working towards getting more financially, you know, successful and bringing in more income. And I know for most people, Republicans are kind of, you know, the tax break is different. They try to help out, you know, some people for us, what I heard a lot is Republicans for the rich, Democrats for the poor. That's that's the term. I don't even know how true mm-hmm. that is, but just coming up, that's what they say. And you know, I, I I would say recently, because I didn't vote the last time, if I would have voted, even though the stuff that he just did and everything he had going with the shenanigans, it would have been for the Republicans. So I just didn't. I just like opt out. You know, and I don't know if that make me a good or a bad person. I just <laughs> opt out. But I would say kind of what I've been like looking into and reading, I feel more leaning towards the Republican side over Democrat. But, you know, I still got to get more details and you start really getting more involved and paying attention to everything. But when I say I used to be ignorant and used to just hear people say, because my mom, she heavy Democrat. No matter who is running, she just going to vote for Democrat. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to just be like that because it's a lot of stuff that Democrats have done, the laws they passed in the past that made it worse for minorities. And we just look at what, what we, you know, so I, I would say I'm more on the Republican side right now but you know it might change but that's why that's my like like my take on it as of right now yeah no that makes sense no and it makes like a lot of obviously you touched on it right the black community leans towards democrats a lot of cases and chicago has been democrat controlled for (laughs) forever now but yeah i'm sure that that plays into it on some level Mm -hmm. what would you say would be like a concept that chicagoans or just the people in chicago the ties that you have that on a political level or even on a community level, what do you what would you say from your own perspective? Because I feel like coming from Brooklyn and then Chicago, there's a there's there's parallels there. So mm-hmm. what would you say directly does your community need? Because we don't know who's listening, we don't know who might be the next X, Y, and Z. So this mm-hmm. is almost a moment where you can be like, yo, instead of all oh, the nonsense, or still instead of putting money in this aspect of the capital, the South Side needs more YMCA. Yeah, the man, the stuff. schooling, the schooling is like you, yeah, we can cuss on this podcast, right? Yeah. Yes, mind. yes, uh, it's, it's shit. It's shit. Like I said, like I went to a school when I was um I actually grew up in Argyle Gardens, which is like a low income. Like I guess it's not a project, but it's a, like a housing community. So everybody got to have low income. They got to be low a certain amount. I think the rent, uh, even if it's a three bedroom, is it topped out maybe three hundred. So it's a very impoverished, poor community, um, and that's how we knew about Barack Obama even before he ran for office because he did a lot of like coming out there, showing his face, kind of you know on the run to get everything going. And I think just recently, I'm 27 since I've been out there, it's been fucked up, and they just now put this huge library out there. Okay, that's cool, that's great. Like I said, I'm 27. I put a library out there, that's fine. But that school still shit that's out there. So y'all put the library there. I guess it's gonna open up schools for, but the kids not gonna go in there to read because they not uh, like obtaining enough information in the school alone. So why would y'all focus on making this? I think they said their library cost 
close to it, it was a lot of money, way more than I know what that school is worth. That was backwards to me because we still got when I go out there, because sad to say, both my grandmothers still stay out there by choice. They just won't leave. You know how old people they get stuck and they like, okay, well, this is where we at, it's where we feel comfortable. They will not leave. Both my grandparents, my mom, well, all she moved out to the suburbs, are all willing to move them out. They will not leave. You can't, you can't get them to go from there, which is I understand it, but it's like the school is still shit. And then the crazy part about this that trips me out is right around where Argyle Gardens is, you know, they got the uh, elementary, they got the kindergarten, they got all that. It's actually a high school that's called Carver as well, that it used to be people that stay in the gardens went to that school. It's a military-based school, so try this treat structure and stuff. It's kind of a school where they wear military outfits, stuff like that. That's selective enrollment now. So even the people that stay in that community, they have to take a test to get into that school. And I would say not even 80% of the people that stay in the community where the high school is literally probably less than three miles from them can't even test to get into the school that's closest to them. So they got to go to the school called Finger, which is what we say a 20, 30 minute commute. It's just backwards, man. Mm -hmm. I say the main thing is schooling. I don't know why it's like that. But the, mm -hmm. if I could talk to any form of government, all this other shit, they want to fix the streets. They steady making more things on the highway and making the red line better for people to commute. That's great. But it started with the youth and the kids and schooling. If that's mm -hmm. where everything comes from, a lot of ignorant people aren't ignorant because of choices, because they probably didn't obtain enough information in school. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like before my mother, bless her soul, she got me out of the grounds when we was 10. If I still grew up there, I would be having the same fucked up mentality and doing the same things that people that I see that I remember I went to school with are stuck in. You know what I'm saying? So I would say school, like they just don't put enough money into the schools. If they do that, it would be so much better. But, you know, it's easier said than done. I don't know why they don't do it. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand it. Yeah, well, and both sides kind of had completely different approaches to education too, right? Like, so you've got Democrats proposing for increased funding for schools, um, and then Republicans will push for things more like school choice and school vouchers and things like mm -hmm. that. So I, I looked it up. Um, it looks like Chicago's per pupil expenditure, so the, the funding that they have per student is somewhere around 16000 mm -hmm. Um, And so Illinois right now, the, the average for all of Illinois is around 14,000. So clearly already Chicago is like getting decent funding per student for the schools. What do you see as a result of the education budget? Okay, so to break it down, like Chicago is a huge place. Right. So let's say you might get one part of Chicago, like the Pullman area starting. They putting a lot of money in. So they just put a huge senator, an Amazon uh, factory just went mm. there. So that's starting to switch up. So now they got more money in the budget to make that better. So let's say you go from there. Now, Pullman, just to go back to the gardens, you get on the E-way, I say Pullman is probably about 10 minutes drive from there to the gardens. Now, they put in money there, so they're like, oh, yeah, we all put money in the schools, come to this school and see, but is it a way they can balance it out? So, because this is still a bunch of schools that are shit, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, certain areas, okay, we, we doing this. Now, I know it's impossible to make every school uh, a one, so I'm not even saying that. It's schools where when you were walking there, you see the conditions of it. You like how our students even able to learn here. Like I went a prime, another prime example. Uh, I was staying on 95th and Parnell for a minute, which is the south side of Chicago. While I went there, it was a school called Mega Evans. Our school was so small and so like filled with students, they didn't have enough room. Mm. My seventh and eighth grade class was mixed. Like we were in the same class. Damn. So the teacher is teaching and it was so fucked up, bro. Like, you know, so it's just, I don't, 
you know, I can't, I get it. I know, I, I hear them saying it, like, you got other uh, people, like, uh, I don't know if y'all are familiar with rappers, like Lil, uh, Lil Herb or G Herb or whatever you go by. He put money into the schools. They say Chance the Rapper also do programs for he, to a school he went to, I believe he opened up a music program, stuff like that. But it's still so many other areas and schools that seem like I feel like need help. Like, you know, and that's, that's just the main thing. Just make it a little bit better. You know, I ain't expecting for them to come through and give everybody a new, knock the building down and make it new. But I just fucking lack a lot of stuff, man. I don't know. I, you know, maybe I'm I'm kind of, you know, I don't want to say too much. I'm probably ignorant because I don't look into the details. That's why I was like, it was great. Y'all have me come on here because y'all going to make me, after we get off this podcast, look at statistics <laughs> and how much money. You know what I'm saying? Because I really yeah, that's don't. Yeah, good, though. Yeah, so that's my take on that. I mean, and you're right. And one thing that you mentioned, because in my head, I, I, as a, as a, the way I think, it's so tangential. I think me and three other people that I know kind of understand how I tie the lines together. So you you bringing up the artists kind of really helped bring in my next point. So I wanted to, because you're talking about the community, specifically the black community and within Brooklyn, too. And we had to share a school with another school. Like that's what I understand. I understand. Right. I understand the concept of sharing classrooms when the classroom sizes are 48, you know, regular in middle school. You know what I mean? So I, I, I get that. But um, the black community to me holds a point in uh, the perspectives that you have, whether it be on politics or at this objective, they kind of they can bounce in and out of the typical status quo of the black community. And this is what brings me to the artist uh, Kanye. So Mr. West himself has had his, his fair share of ins and outs within the black community. But also, I, I love referencing uh, Joe Rogan. He was mm-hmm. on there a couple months ago, and he was like, what has the concept of the black community done to benefit the black community itself? Like, and, and this we're going to talk a little more candidly here. Like with your, 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 some of your folks staying in, like I'm in Ohio. I was like, yo, listen, in Brooklyn, it's either you're doing this or you're doing that. And if you're from Brooklyn, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or if you're from anywhere, you doing are you doing something A or you doing something B? And none of those will create the vision or the future that would uh, benefit you if you vote a Republican, if you know what I mean. So would you say that there's like a perspective that trying to to educate people or trying to pull people out of negative or, or environments not meant for us? How am I aware of this? Like, do you do you feel as if it's more there's there's a level of blame, not blame, but like Black individuals have a hand in some of the environments that can produce people to get out of there. Like you were able to get out. You know what I mean? Like your mom's able to get out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you think is holding back the mentality of the black community? Because I can also be talking about here. I could be talking about. Yeah. Uh, uh, I could be talking about Wilmington. I would say, man, we got the and I did a podcast about this, bro. And I'm mm-hmm. not a person to play the blame game as if I can only speak on like my race. For black people, mm-hmm. we have a crab and a barrel mentality, man. It's yeah. sickening and it's horribly bad. And I did a podcast about it. I actually, mm-hmm. uh, it was a show not too long ago. Like it was last year, but they did a live podcast and I and they do like have an event and they ran out of place. And that's what I talked about. And when I say I had the crowd astonished because everybody, like you said, point the finger, say this, say that. But for a lot of black people, when they do get to a level of success, it's like our own sit there and and tear them down in any way possible in the smallest pigment, what they can it won't make one mistake. It's like, OK, we shunning you out. So let's say, for example, with you said with everybody stuck in the community or whatever. OK, 
I feel like with my mother leaving, I know a lot of people that we were very close to and everything. Instead of them trying to figure out what my mother did to leave and my mother went to school and worked long nights and did this. Oh, you think you're better than us. So they sit there and they like, okay, well, we all gonna, you know, no, it's not, it's not, it's not about that. How about you take in what my mother did? How about you follow that blueprint and possibly get yourself out that situation? But with a lot of times when a black person is trying to get themselves together, or if they are well spoken, we we call each other uncle times and it's 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 horrible, bro. Like it's it's bad. It is other situations where we do get put down by you know, they'll say, okay, police officers are more aggressive towards us. So they'll say, oh, it's different when you go in areas, we get stairs, we get followed through stores. I rarely see that type of stuff, man. And I and I be in all type of areas, bro. Like I literally, I my my approach, my my energy I give off. I'm a regular person. I don't give off that type of thing. I think it, it is set because of history that we have a lot to still catch up from due to history. But at some point, it is a lot of black figures and a lot of black millionaires and a lot of black people that are successful that came from areas, like you said, like Kanye, that made something happen. You know what I'm saying? And I just think instead of making excuses, how about we follow some of these blueprints and try to really take in what people are saying instead of when they say a statement, we mess it up. You know, like, for example, and I'm going to stop going on my rant. Like with Kanye, no, when he said this thing about the Harriet Tubman thing, he did it when he was, I think he did the whole presidential thing run to get more uh, eyes focused on him with the Yeezy and whatever else he was going. I knew he knew he was never going to have a chance being the president. That's how I feel. But he said on one um like uh, run he did, he was like Harriet Tubman really didn't free the slaves. She brought the slaves to other people. And what he, it, 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 the wording is horrible. And Kanye, right. I say his wording is bad. But what he was basically saying was they truly weren't really free because they weren't entitled and working for their own. They still left. Now you're free. You ain't got to have chains and, and this and that. But mm -hmm. typically when you went from that to that, you're still working for another you know, person that's not you and you still have probably messed up living situations. So it was like, okay, we took you from a better situation, but it's still fucked up. But now they can't beat you if you're moving too slow, but you still, you know, it, that's, it's just wording, man. And I think I mean, that's, uh-huh. And I'm glad you brought up how he speaks and what he says and how it's supposed to be taken. So like one of them, cause I'm, I'm a, I, I'm a, I hold Kanye to a level, not at an mm -hmm. artist, but more of like a, a, a way a, a, a level of freedom and freedom and thought. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate, or I, at least I admire that level of freedom of thought. I hold education to that same mark that there's not one school of thought that needs to prevail. Like every single one deserves its own podium equal, you know? Mm -hmm. So when Ye said, okay, and I'm going to get heat in the beginning of this, but an understanding in the end, hopefully if I put this right. So when he said, Slavery was a choice that almost ended his whole musical anything. Mm -hmm. He was not about to make a shoe, a song. This man couldn't nothing. He wasn't gonna make no one's album. And we look at it and we're like, how are you talking about what are you talking about? Uh slavery can't be a choice. How you choose to, you know what I mean? Like how how mm -hmm. but the thing of it, the thing of it is being 400 years, there's people currently saying that the, and we I think there's a documentary on Netflix called Nine or something like that, where they say that this prison system that we hold today is and can be very uh, uh analyzed through the lens of slavery. Mm -hmm. And that's been going on for like 120, 130 years. And to think that we're we're very much so comfortable with jail and very much so comfortable with the confines they put around uh, the structures of prison and how much you get paid and what's allowed in parole if you're allowed to vote and the round of rights you're stripped once you're even booked. You know what I mean? Go, whether you're going to prison or jail. Uh, and many people are very much so signed to that 
idea. So to think of 400 years at that point, it's as normal as the milkman coming with, with you know, bottles of milk to your house. Mm-hmm. As equally normal. And I feel like there's such a quick condemnation within the black community uh, that really hurts me personally, because I'm such a person who tries to help in any facet that I feel like someone helped me. So something mm-hmm. like, oh, this person helped me. I'm like, yo, I can help 50 people with the same process. But unless it's like cool or valid or something that's easily attainable, it's like there's such pushback and I get defeated because I go to communities where politicians use that same concept for the quick bait, for the the, the quick interactions, for the nays and all this other nonsense mm-hmm. to get this vote. But when we try to do it, it's a pushback. And I, it, it, it really irritates me because... Even looking at Chicago, you're like, yo, these deaths are out, outlandish. And I, and I get it. The, 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 the gang violence. If you're if you're in it, you're in it. It's a mentality thing. I'm not I'm not one to speak on it. We are mm-hmm. you know, we're not animal. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's like it's like where, where what can one do to better oneself in any because we can't. OK, if we're if, if, if the rhetoric is they, the all the great and almighty, they they making it hard for us. They're killing us. They're like, there's got to be a after 400 years. There's got to be a us. You know what I mean? They're became mm-hmm. an us. So mm-hmm. after, if we're talking the day from, you know I me mean, uh, of, you know, 1492 to now, where's mm-hmm. our us instead of the day? That's, you know what I'm saying? You know, I don't get big into the conspiracy thing, right? But I watched the documentary. I don't, like I said, when I say this, I don't agree per se, but I do feel like it crippled a lot. So, okay, um, example, you got a lot of, let's say the drug, the drug epidemic, right? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? When that whole thing hit, and this and this is tying into the gang thing, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to get out this podcast way off topic, but okay, when that all hit, it was it was very clear. It was a lot of um black communities that was mm-hmm. suffering from the drug thing. And that was the first time I forgot what the documentary was called on Amazon, but the first time black men were able to feel like they could be self-employed, you know what I'm saying, and make a lot of money. But then it was, it was, it was, well, what's the word? It was, it was fucking up the community in the long run because the same people you selling the shit to are the same people in your community. I think that was a big fuck up right there. We wasn't thinking that, even regardless, selling drugs, doing any of that is a, like, let's go back to your example, you saying to us, because that was a, okay, we making money, but then we made, we selling it to the same people that's in the community. So right. we fucking up our community because now that we, we oh, I'm making money for my, for my, for my, for my family. But then up the street, this person, she finna get strung out on drugs, which, which starts down a trickle effect. And now we got generations of people known, cause that's how, that's how the ghetto is. When I'm in the hood, people that we know that are known for drunks, we, we associate their whole family. They come up like that. You are kind of what you see if you can't get away from it and you ain't got no um, other shit to look at. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times, let's say, as use the example is Miss Willis. We know Miss Willis, her whole family, we call them the drunks. That's what they known for. It's like a cycle. So I feel like, like you said, to go into that, the drug thing, man, that messed up a lot of stuff. And it was a quick come off everybody. But our mentality with it don't it, it don't make sense because we sold the shit. Not saying you should go out somewhere else and sell it, but we sold it to ourselves. You know what you I'm saying? And then, then we fucked up everything. And then from that, when motherfuckers, I guess they it slowed down, the police cracked down on it. Then they locked up all the black males, which is that happens. You sold drugs, you did something illegal. So now it's no structure. You get what I'm saying? So now it's like, okay, you got a bunch of kids getting raised by women, which is hard because a woman can't successfully raise a man. So now the man got to be the head of the household. And it, it just, 
I think the drug thing made it 10 times worse. And I'm going to say, like, it's I don't get into conspiracy. There's people I heard saying, oh, well, how is it so easy for us to get it? The government put that there and set that up for us to be able to sell drugs and kill off ourselves and do this. They didn't put a gun in your head and say, sell this drug or take the drug. You get what I'm saying? Even if that was the, the, the way people want to think, they didn't say you got to sell drugs. They didn't say you had to take these drugs. You know what I'm saying? So I just, that go back to what you're saying. That's the big thing. If we literally was doing that shit in the same neighborhoods we stayed at, and now it's we trying to play catch up and make up, and it's it's fucked, man. And now it's the guns. I don't even have a, a answer for that shit, man. I don't know how the fuck that shit got so out of hand because I got people I know personally. I'm not going to criminate nobody or criminate myself or nothing, but it's so easy to get a fucking gun in Chicago. It's ridiculous, bro. Like, it's, it's, it's sickening. You know what I'm saying? And they so common. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like you said, with that us. And that go back to a lot of the things that we pointed fingers at. We have to be able to talk and say, we got to come and make a change. But when somebody do do that, now they looking at us like, oh, well, you don't understand. You moved out the hood or you not that. Because I'm, I'm going to get that. As I keep going farther and farther in life and I keep becoming successful off my podcast and keep going towards a certain way, People gonna say you moved out. I don't stay. I stay in Indiana now. You know what I'm saying? In the in the, in the foul part, middle class part of Indiana, I couldn't stay in the city no more. I just didn't like what it was becoming and what it's still going towards. It's part of the city that's great. I got other people I know personally that say we got to start trying to back back the community, but we don't protect our own either. You know what I'm saying? That's a and to go into not to keep running, but the Nipsey Hustle thing. They say he was doing so much good for the hood and he didn't want to leave and he got killed by people in his own neighborhood where he had a storefront, where he was trying to get back and he was getting more politically talking, saying, okay, well, let's do this and let's come together. And guess what happened? We don't even protect our own. We do get some ones that come up that's trying to do the right thing. It, it, it seemed like it fall by the same sword that we trying to protect. And it's just, I don't know, man, it's fucked up. I don't even got no answers. It's, it's, it's sad, bro. I think we'd be remiss to not ask you, you know, as far as the cause behind all this stuff, like I'm not, so obviously I'm not trying to ask you to speak for all of Chicago or all no, black you, people you or fine, anything like that. But, you know, the, the two things that have been tossed around a lot, right, are on the left, people talk about systemic racism a lot. And on the right, they talk about fatherlessness and, and mm -hmm. responsibility, stuff like that. So I don't know, what are your thoughts on those two? Like everything you guys have been talking about, you talked about gangs, drugs, guns, violence, mm -hmm. you know, all of these, the, the perception, the, the crab in a barrel mentality you were talking about, mm -hmm. like all of that, like, do you, what do you think the role of those two things are, if at all? And or do you think there's other stuff playing into it? It's crazy. I did a. It's, this is this is a deep. This is I like this. It's this whole setup because it's making me tie to other topics I talked about. So let's say I say coming up at first. Let's say from the '80s to the early 2000s. We could say because of the fatherless thing. Because even with gangs, like um, I can I can say this. My father not active no more. He was in the gang. He was in a gang called Conservative Vice Lords. When that first started up, they was giving back to the community. It was to protect other people from coming in the community and messing stuff up and then dealing with it. And it started back so far back that back then it was that real, you know, uh, Jim Crow era where it wasn't uncommon for, you know, not to show shots, but for white people to come in neighborhoods and let's say possibly beat up like a little, let's say black kids randomly walking. That's what they say. They, they was doing that to protect themselves from when if they was in areas they wasn't supposed to be and keep other people from coming into the neighborhood and harassing them. You know what I'm saying? So it turned from it being something that was doing a positive thing to then they got involved into selling drugs and doing all this other stuff. So it got trickled down and got messed up. 
a lot of people that, for even from that documentary, they say some of the people that set up those foundations where it was supposed to be a positive thing, giving back to the community, went to jail due to a lot of situations. And then that, is, that still even is by our own fault, in my opinion, and not everybody, because there is a lot of uh, convictions getting turned around that they really maybe didn't have drugs. Now, if you look at it, in this, in this talk, it's so fucked up because it's so many conspiracies. You got the thing. I got I got a, my grandfather. I got pictures of him. He was in the Black Panthers. You know, that was a thing where they were saying the whole point of that was just to have black people protect themselves more during dealing with what was going on with the racism thing. But then every great leader from the Black Panther either went to jail or died. But then you look into it, they were saying they was doing all this other stuff. So I would say, man, it started possibly with the fathers being gone. But as of now, with the generation we got coming up, you can't keep using that crutch. Because with me, for example, I use myself personally, and a lot of people I know, a lot of, it's still males going to jail, but a lot of the people I grew up with, it's not as common when we came up and we seen everybody dead, he was locked up. It's kind of like, okay, now it's, it's a little different, but it's just by choice. I think with that mentality, a lot of people getting raised from only a mother. A lot of men not knowing how to truly be men. Cause that's a big thing. So you want to talk about that? That's that play into a fact too. That the father, I guess that ties into that. I think that is a big thing. Not coming from a household with two people, and it's okay. You can you can be successful and come from a household of one, but it's hard, bro. And you got to think a lot of these people having multiple kids. It's just hard. Then you got oh man, these you got me thinking too much, man. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, because it's just yeah, because because I'm I'm really trying to see how I can. Because right now, I can say, like, with my situation personally, right, oh. I'm an active father. I got my fiancé. We have a son. He's four months. Then I have a daughter. I would say with that because, and I don't care, because we go have our issues. From her being raised from a single household with only her mother, her outlook on men are different. So mm -hmm. even though I try to actively be in my daughter's life and try to be there as much as I can, her mentality is so fucked up and she a person that came from a poverty area. So it's just, it's like, even now we could try to use the cripple. Oh, they know daddy's there. It's some people that are trying to be there for their kids and that become an issue. It's a lot, bro. I can't even, it's so much yeah. that, that time to it. But I think it's the mindset, bro. It all start with the mindset of the black person. Like our mindset coming up. I remember my mindset coming up was like, okay, I didn't expect a lot. I didn't want to lie. I didn't, I didn't, it ain't no goals to like, they don't talk to us. And when you go to school, it's not a lot of, I went to Eisenhower. We had the D.A.R.E. program. We had police officers coming in. That's my high school. That's the first time I was in the classroom with other white people. And it was different. They had a lot of speakers coming out. They would have different um, ceremonies or assemblies. In the city, it's not like that. At least when I was going to school there. So that's why I say it. And they still tie back to the schooling thing because you're not getting it at home from a lack of uh, broken households, because that's a common thing in the black community. It's very common that you either living with your mother and it's rare if they live with the father. It's super rare if the mother and the father is there. It's, I don't know, man, it's all fucked. Oh, and then the only thing I could do, like being on y'all uh, platform and being on podcasts and try to just say we got to get it together, but it started with self. I don't do the blame game thing, man. Like I can't. Cause it's like you said, like he was tapping that. Um, it's been so long ago since slavery. Granted, that is a crush to come from, but it's people out here that are millionaires. You got Jay-Z, you got Kanye West, you know what I'm saying? Barack Obama was the president. How they they did it, how come can't nobody else? And you're right. I mean, and the rest, that's that's almost exactly what made me think of like I heard you and I heard that you were from Chicago. I was like, oh, this is this is this is exactly what 
I would want to hear from the person. I know we're kind of like breaking the fourth wall here. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a Rubik's cube without the rubric. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I know there's no answer, but I know that we have the answers. You know, maybe mm-hmm. you know Plato may not have understood exactly what he was. You know, the the mathematicians or what he was looking at, but someone down the line understood how to how how gravity was interpreted through his understandings, and then exactly. we learn quantum mechanics from the understandings of gravity. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. it builds upon itself. So if so many people understand that there's a change in the mentality that needs to come then maybe the answer can come from those who are willing to find the answer. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. And, and it's my bad not to cut you off. And I'm going to let you finish. I just want to say this one point is mm-hmm. I say the main thing is self, because like with me talking to you two brothers on this phone right now, mm-hmm. I can say 80% of younger males that I've met, even women, depending on how they was raised, I don't come across too many people that's not my race that come across as racist. Now, depending mm-hmm. on where I am, now, if I'm sagging my pants, I got a do-rag on, they looking at me some type of way that's still ter- stereotyping, but let's be realistic, bro. What do you expect? You know what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a way to conduct and carry yourself. But like you said, I think a lot of the people coming up at our age range and even younger aren't thinking how the older, let's say if a lot of older white people or, you know, Italians or whatever was racist, a lot of them coming up not like that. My fiance is Arabic. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, you give it, you, you know, like it's, it's different now. Mommy, like, it's just, it's, it's getting better. And I think everybody's still stuck on this old mentality trying to play the blame game. I would say mainly with my culture and the people that, 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 that are from me, like my race, Steady blaming people instead of trying to be a change and just keep going towards what's what's happening, man. Like it's it's it's, it's getting better, and that's the only mm-hmm. thing you can look for. You can't expect for the change to be felt overnight, but it's getting better. And I'll let you finish saying what you were saying. And sorry for cutting nah, you off. No, nah, it's it's all right. I mean, granted, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. So much goes in my head on a regular basis. That whole point is gone. But the the reality of what I was saying is something mm-hmm. I kind of have to always live with. You know what I mean? So yeah. just to get back to the point of the, I mean, I'll go, I'll pick it back. If you were saying it is the concept of self and it's, it's disappointing because I don't, and I can't place the blame, but I know the power of influence and mm-hmm. of what can be put in front of somebody's face. So if I see like, granted, growing up in Brooklyn at the time, it wasn't Zanny's. It wasn't Molly. It wasn't Lean. It wasn't, you know what I mean? But now I can't compete with, man, I had Lean for the first time. I'm like, oh, no, nah, that's cough medicine. Yucky. Like, I, I don't, that's, that's my perspective. You know what I mean? But that's like, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think I, I see all these people and even like, even trying to create it from the home. Let's get back to the father concept. You see, and by now in my head, I still have the Kanye's and the Lil Wayne's in my head. But now you're looking at the little babies and the young boys and NBA young boy for one is what he's like 20 with like eight kids. I'm like, yeah, future. He future older, but he got a bunch of kids too. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, why is why are the what we see? Like, if, if you look at Kanye as, 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 as a father, you like, oh, he's a father, but X, Y and Z. Jay-Z, the pinnacle of hip-hop, some may say, is with Beyonce and then X, Y, and Z. Young boy with nine kids, X, Y, and Z. Future, I'm like, you can't even want to look forward to doing it a way that you're not seeing. Like, I always, something I always say is that my friends will forever be smarter than I. Because what I try to do is a projection to the world. They're seeing my product of that projection. So they can tell me what I look like at all times. I can never tell what I look like. I'm still in that. I'm still in that. Yeah. (laughs) If what what I'm trying to put out or if what my kid is going to see is something that isn't conducive, 
all they're going to do is learn from those products. They don't know what they're doing or they don't give a damn what they're doing, but they see and they're like, oh, if I see that, I'm going to see that too. And when I say see that, if I interpret what I'm seeing into myself and I enjoy the culture and the music, I'm going to project that same concept because I see that I see them in myself. I see the watches in myself. I see the money in myself. So I'm going to get it the way I see them getting it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But not everybody's going to be future. Not everybody's going to be yay. Not everybody's going to be chance. Chance doing it right. Chance in my little conspiracy world made an ass album so he could be a better parent or a better father and have a better marriage because he said that that was his focus. Chance yeah, the Rapper is one yeah, of the I'm strongest glad you artists. said that. Uh, Chance the Rapper is one of the strongest artists in my head that's walked the scene and just lit it up. How you have, you're unsigned and have Grammys. No one's yeah. done that. So if someone can make, quote unquote, the worst album of the year, you think someone like that is going to make the worst? No, he's very deliberate. Clearly, it's something that you're trying to change a narrative. He, one, can change a narrative. To see Jay-Z as a billionaire coming from coming from Marcy Projects, straight down the street from where I grew up. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. even my brother, we both got out the mud, and my brother's a millionaire now. Like, to oh. see that is like, it's like, and I'd say this to myself, like, it's literally in my blood that I can do this. So I think it's, when it comes to self, it's so much more... And once again, the father thing is what you're is what you're able to to be privy to, what you're able to be seen. Because if, for example, Cardi B, she I guess she's for some reason she's under fire for saying for stopping the song when her daughter was walking in the WAP the WAP song. Like, and that's so yeah, I don't even want to get off topic, but how that makes sense because she made music. She don't make music because like she said she don't make music for her daughter. You know what I'm saying? Like I get it. I guess you got kids, but she don't make music for her daughter. So her stopping it was the appropriate thing to do. I feel like. But you, you go ahead, get to your point, because I don't want you to forget. I'm just saying, like, that's that's a part of the, the whole concept of, of vision. If if someone who's making adult music wants to not have that level of projection at such a such a receptive age, you have to do what needs to be done. You need to say this is wrong or act as if this is wrong. You know what I mean? You're not having you're not having blatant sex in front of your kids. You're not talking about inappropriate things in front of your kids. So you're putting in what they need or you're taking away aspects of the world that they don't need to be privy to. Exactly. I would say the same thing. And I almost challenge every person, man, father, who's hearing this is to put in a slight bit more effort in what your kid is exposed to. Wasn't it the other day? I saw like a three-year-old had a gun and he shot someone by accident or shot himself accidentally or something like that. I'm like, yo, how the hell did that happen? Yeah, we wasn't even... When I was like, for example, of that, my um grandmother, she used to whoop me if I played with like toy guns. Like we didn't have water guns, none of that. Cause it was coming. That's when it, it was breaking. It was start. It wasn't as bad as it is now with the gun violence, but it was coming up. So just for some reason, I mean, some people, my man, that's harsh. But she just didn't want that mindset in my head, running around, bang, bang, and doing all that type of stuff. And then when I look back on it, the kids that I knew that was heavy into the paintball guns, I say every situation going to be like that. But the kids that I grew up with that was loving the BB guns, BB guns that look so close to guns that they look real, they are the type of people that got in that type of lifestyle and either they not here or they locked up in jail. You hear what I'm saying? So a lot of that stuff, it can be careless. But then it also depends on the area you in. Yeah, you can play with a water gun and probably a cap gun, but if they growing up in the suburbs, it's a different mindset behind it that's great. But if you know you in an area where uh, we hear gunshots, we know just to get down, or we know the difference from gunshots and fireworks. I know they're like the back of my hand because I'm so used to hearing both. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's, it's different. You know what I'm saying? So that's a good, that's a very, very valid point. What you let your kids reciprocate and see. Vice versa. I, um... 
like not to cut you off when my mother it was a lot of movies i couldn't watch like uh mm-hmm. i see some people they they be watching stuff in front of their kids or i go to some of my guys careers and i lost a lot of friends because of this because my mentality and the way i look at stuff is different when i raise my kids my kids gonna be as kids as long as they can be kids I'm not finna put that in their face for them to see things that I know. Even if we think they too young to interpret it, they still, they're a sponge. You don't know what they gonna hold on to. You know what I'm saying? So that was a, that's a good ass point that you just said that. Right. Well, and it's not just the negative aspects, the drugs, the, you know, attitudes, the guns, the whatever else, the language that, you know, you guys were talking about. But like Obama even talked about it at one point. He said, you know, I and I'm going to butcher the quote, so it's not mm-hmm. exact. Lil Wayne even put it in a, in a song of his at the end. But it was Obama saying that, you know, a kid may have a pretty good flow or a pretty good jump shot, but they can't all aspire to be LeBron James and Lil Wayne. And yep. so it's not just choosing not to expose your kids to negative elements, but, you know, exposing them to more of those positive elements. Now, that's not saying there's anything wrong with aspiring to be a basketball player. Or no, a I get I get Probably. exactly what you're saying, though, though, but I felt and I could probably pity pack off you to clean it up for you at the end, because that's the common thing. Like me coming up before I did yeah. podcasting, I was a rapper. Like I would never say my rap name. I was actually pretty okay. I was doing shows and stuff and everything. But that was when I was in college and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and I and I. And, and as I got deep into the lifestyle and seeing what it came with, I'm like, nah, this ain't for me. But that was the only thing I thought about coming up. I wasn't tall enough to play basketball. And in football, I had a fucked up attitude. So I could never deal with the coach when one person fuck up. We all got to run in this heavy ass equipment in the middle of the heat. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have that team mentality. So it didn't work for me. Yeah. So I like, okay, rapper. It wasn't thinking to be a dentist or to be this. Like my kids, all the type of toys I let them have and stuff like that is all different type of stuff. My daughter got a science set. I didn't have no stuff like that coming up. You know what I'm saying? To see, okay, you could do this to do that. Most typically, most, and I'm not saying all, okay, we're going to give them a basketball, probably a football, baseball. Like you said, it's not that open. Let's figure out what they like. You know what I'm saying? Let's yeah. figure out and let's just see. Let's not just push basketball and that. Even if that is, that's, those, are, those are positive things that can come from it, but let's change it that you ain't got to do that just to be successful, you know? So, yeah, yeah that's, yeah, yeah. That's a big-ass thing too, man. It's all, I mean, like you said, all this time to self, man. And I know I'm going to get a lot of, and I, and I like that. And I like the fact that I'm doing <laughs> podcasting because I'm going to get, as I keep going, I'm probably going to get called Uncle Tom a lot because I don't make excuses. We got to stop fucking making excuses. Ain't shit going to change for us if we keep making excuses. And I ain't in the business of doing that because if you look at my background, I've been in jail before. I've been locked up. I've been like, but it wasn't long, long bids. You know what I'm saying? 30 days. But it took a couple of situations for me to realize this shit, not. Let me not let me do the right shit for once and everything right. changed. You know what I'm saying? So y'all can go ahead and finish. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I wish I, I mean, as I'm, I'm kind of a uh, my friends would enjoy this part, but I'm kind of a dramatic person. So uh, I, w- I would love to just close the computer then just like, boom, that's it. This is <laughs> yeah. not there's not a tighter way to put the bow. You know what I mean? I mean, if if anything, now is the epilogue or what we do tomorrow is the epilogue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What What's next? You know what I mean? And, and I. I ch- once again, I said it before, but I challenge each person who's hearing this, whether it be in the community or not, America is a community in and of itself where you don't even know if the person next to you is a patriot or a tyrant or a treasonous or he's your brother. You know what I mean? You don't. Exactly. 
And you don't know if that person next to you looks at you to say, oh, he's Black Lives Matter. Oh, he's a terrorist. Or he's this person is a, a Trumper. Oh, he's a terrorist. There's, I feel like there's a level of regression. I feel like this conversation now can push forward communities and stop other communities from really seeing some, some, some really nasty things. And I hope for 2021, it doesn't go down that path. Uh, Nate, I have to say this was one of the most freeing conversations I've had in a very long time. Uh, Zach, I humbly appreciate you already know how it, what it is. I humbly appreciate <laughs> you being here, uh, creating this platform. Parker's poor in politics. Do you have any last remarks to close this night? And a plug, throw a plug in there too for your yeah, okay. Okay, I got you. I got you. Before I say my comment, I'm gonna do the plug. Uh, Parker's Porn Politics, um, Instagram, Facebook is all the same. So it's Parker's P-A-R-K-E-R apostrophe S pouring is spelled like pouring, like pouring. Cause I think people say I'm saying porn is pouring P-O-U-R-I-N-G <laughs> and politics P-O-L-I-T-I-C-S. You know, you can follow me on all that. I'm on um, all the platforms. Podcasts are available from all the way down to Amazon to Google to Spotify and all that good stuff. Um, Twitter. I'm not a big Twitter person, but I'm trying to get into that. I think I changed my it was Parker's pouring P. That sounded weird. So I think I changed the Nate the Prolific for my Twitter for everything. But um, to sum that up, I just it, we just stop making excuses to everybody. It, it, even though this was kind of, you know, I feel like with my culture, we do it a lot. Just everybody. It's time to really just like get it, get it going, man. We we are people. I hate whoever came up. Not hate, but I dislike whoever came up with race. It was just like if we just all was just people, it would just be that. When you put a dog, a Yorkie, and a pit bull, and either one of them are fixed, guess what they're gonna do? Hump on each other. They ain't looking at it like this is a different dog. It's all the same thing. And that's not to say we put our hump on each other, but it's just <laughs> we're people. You feel what I'm saying? Like it shouldn't yeah. be this crazy thing where granted, some people's situations are worse. Yes, that's true. But the same way we could say, oh, we was in the poor, we was in this. I done seen some slum trailer park fucked up areas full of white people as well, too, on meth and all type of shit. So it's not just us that got those ghetto messed up parts that deal with drugs, deal with violence, deal with gangs. You know what I'm saying? It's it's everywhere. It's in different communities and different shades and different races. Let's just keep going, man. Y'all platform is great. I, I really enjoyed this, like you said. It was a nice, well-felt podcast, man. And if y'all ever need me to come back out, I'm always down. Or come and do an episode, child. Y'all can always call me, man. I'm a huge supporter from this point on out. I was when y'all booked me anyway, but I'm most definitely going to support the podcast and pl platform y'all got going on. Let's grow together, man. I greatly and humbly appreciate it. Once again, everyone here listening, you can follow us on Say What Needs Saying Instagram, Say What Needs Saying on Facebook, Say What Needs on Twitter, Open Concepts. Don't be afraid of talking about anything. If you have any concepts, any podcasts out there that want to come on this platform just to use the platform as a basis to say what needs to be said, I greatly appreciate Nate for taking the handout because with that hand i held his hand and we can move forward together zach exactly. once again i appreciate it if you have any last remarks i'm personally out of here yeah that's it from me too thanks for joining us nate okay no problem thanks for listening if you liked this episode please remember to like subscribe and leave us a five-star rating also you can follow us on twitter at say what needs and on instagram and facebook at say what needs saying for live updates and sound bites from my actual podcast don't forget to continue the discussion. Thank you for listening. Thanks.